to Buenta Vista Socialist Club, episode 41. I am Andrew. Uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us. You're here in the cave. The big cave that we dug out of the side of a mountain. It's more of a bunker, really. You can use the term survivalist if you like. I find it to be a bit of a pejorative. I think of it more as kind of thinking ahead, planning, you know? Uh, I'm joined here in the dank and frankly mildewy cave of survival uh, by Ben. Hi, Ben. Hello. Why would you start by saying we're in a cave and then immediately say that it's more of a bunker? Wouldn't you just say, we're in the bunker? Well, look, I've had enough people look at it and tell me it's a cave that I want to start off with a position of people's perceptions. And then I like to broaden their horizons by really expanding on all the work that I've put into it to transform it into a bunker. Huh. All the scaffolding, all the shelves, uh, all the collections of my various jars of fluids, the things I've pickled, you know, all that sort of stuff that's Wait, going to keep us alive those, when the government comes. Are those two separate things? Your collections, your jars of fluids? Or is this, you've been in the bunker for a while and these are the fluids of yours that have been coming out of your body? Look, a bit of both. Um, I come out to the bunker to do a lot of work and I stay out here for a long time. I don't have time to get back into the city like every day. Oh, you've chosen a remote location. Oh, that's clever. Well, what's the point in building a bunker like, you know, in your backyard? Your neighbours or the zombies or whoever, uh, they're coming straight for you because they know you got a sweet spot. See, I've watched whatever the show is, Doomsday Preppers, and they, uh -huh. uh, they say that it's good because, you know, otherwise you're, obviously you're away from major urban centres. Uh, it's harder for people to get to you, blah, blah, blah. But also, depending on what sort of event, what do they call it? Uh, that when Do the shit hits the fan, a doomsday. No, they have that when the shit hits the fan. I think that's the little acronym they use for when things go south. Whatever. Wh if it's like a a flash sort of event, you might not have time to get to your bunker, and then it's all for naught. Oh, that's an excellent point. Mm. Well, I'll think about moving this mountain closer to the city. Okay. Uh, we're also joined by dear, beautiful friend Theo. Hey, um, it's super gross in here, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> I've put up um, I've say. put up I've put up dozens of those little pine tree shaped air fresheners, but frankly, they're making it worse. They are, reckon, absolutely. How's the pine tree shaped air freshener industry going? You reckon? I just I don't feel like I see them a lot. When I do see one, I just immediately think of the searing headache that that will give me if I sit inside a car yeah. with one that yeah, has it. Yeah, it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think I people if, have finally worked that out. Got to be that's got to be scientifically demonstrable, right? That those things just give you intense headaches and they don't even oh, smell nice. It's how I feel. I don't. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you guys, but the older I get, the more um, sensitive I am to various smells, like um, like people spray on deodorant and shit yeah, like 100%. that. I feel like being in any kind of enclosed space with somebody who's just doused themselves in links or whatever will just immediately make my brain start rejecting the whole idea. Yeah, you're Not right. We it. are we are a bunch of bubble boys. Yep. I, uh, I, I'm just speaking of scents. Um, I bought for a dollar from a cheap shop in Logan today uh, a, a packet of denim incense. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, let's just walk this back for a second. D denim incense, um, before you explain this any further, mm -hmm. I would like to throw out what my guesses are as to what this refers to. Okay. Um, the, I feel the like obvious... there's two things that it could be. Yeah, basically, there, there is either um, denim that is actually, sorry, an incense that is made from denim that is manufactured in that form, or it is incense that is scented to smell of denim. 
All right, well, I, I think there's maybe a third option here that it could be incense that is specifically for denim. You know, oh. Oh, I can't wear my jeans tonight. I need to incense them first. So you're talking about Febreze, basically. Yeah, but it's incense. Uh, that's not what it is. Uh, it is the second of your options. It is simply denim-scented incense, uh, theoretically. What does denim smell like? What is the smell of denim? Uh, whatever that smell is, it is not what this incense smells like. <laughs> well, I, th- I think there is only one accepted canonical smell of denim, which is uh, when you have worn something that is made of denim for long enough without washing it that you can now smell it. Oh, man. I, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but getting uh, smell blind to musty denim smell. Ooh. And then just sort of being like going to put those jeans on and just being like, oh my God, what the fuck just happened? Yep. Oh, wait a minute. It's Need to never tuck a... these in a freezer overnight. Yeah, it's never a, it's never a good vibe. Um, I remember back in the heady days of working at like uh, creative studios and stuff like that. It's never a good vibe when you sit down at your desk and pretty early in the morning become aware of the fact that you can smell the jeans you're wearing. You don't want to smell your denim. No, no. It makes you. It really makes you start to wonder um, what the radius is on those bad boys. Oh, that's a horrible feeling. Yeah, mm. that's not a good one. Uh, people, mm. wash your clothes and wash your body before you go outside. You never want to detect your own scent in uh, in a place you can't extricate yourselves from. Yes, if you are forced um, forced by the managerial class to remain there for at least another seven and a half hours, wash your denim. And certainly, lathering your pants in deodorant will only do so much. Mm. And if anything, as we discussed not five minutes ago, you might well be giving headaches to your co-workers. Yeah, it's probably not That's doing true. what you think it's doing for you. That's no. true. Sol- solve the problem by putting a uh, pine tree-shaped air freshener into <laughs> each pocket of your horrible... And one down your pants. Your horrible, musty denim. Uh, so, folks, I thought that maybe, maybe Theo would be able to give us a little update on a segment that we introduced uh, last week, a brand new segment that we entitled Ball Watch. Now look, I'll be honest, um, I'm immediately aware that that is not the stinger that we used last week. It is significantly longer. All right. Uh, well, see, I wasn't here last week, and I didn't bother listening to that episode. Uh, I was just going to say that's wonderful, uh, mm. that's an incredibly stirring piece of music. Hmm. I'm well, now you feel really invested in um, in all the news about the the Australian cricket team's sticky balls. Uh, Theo, would you like to update us on the the outcome, the resolution of the sticky ball scandal? Twenty eighteen. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think we just need to um, extend a. Uh, heartfelt RIP to uh, Steve Smith, David Warner, and uh, Cameron Bancroft, um, who were all fed into the same shredder um, <laughs> and used to mulch uh, the ground of the MCG. So RIP mm. uh, those three dudes. Yep. Uh, sorry to hear about it, but that's what you get. Not for cheating, but for getting they, caught. They leave Th- behind uh, th- assumedly three families who are very yeah. sad to see them fed feet first. <laughs> <laughs> and used to nourish the grounds of the MCG. Look, oh, I, dear. I don't know if this is just me, uh, because uh, I'm not a big cricket head, personally. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoy a game of backyard cricket as much as the next bloke. Uh, I just don't watch a lot of cricket, but none of the reaction I saw after the 
sentencing? Is that the right word? The adjudication? Whatever <laughs> the was conviction, passed out. The conviction. The conviction, yeah. sure. No one was like, holy fuck, that's very short that I saw. But to my mind, hmm. two 12-month and a nine-month bands for like trying extremely hard to cheat and then misleading uh, an investigation that went into the cheating, that, seemed, that just seems very short to me. I think hmm. the I think the concept is though it's long enough to basically destroy their careers, that they okay. will have a very long, very hard time writing themselves, and will probably never hit the same stride um, that they had previously. Ideally, yes, and uh, uh, especially because they are now um, about seven gallons of chum. <laughs> Hard to pick up a bat uh, mm. When you're mostly viscera uh, Mixed through some grass Yeah, it's hard to write your career When um, you can't actually tell Which little bone fragments Belong to which player in the first place mm. Yeah, um, the best thing that we can hope for Is that they scoop all of it up And feed it into the teleporter pod From David Cronenberg's The Fly and reconstitute them into one hideous one, Frankenstein-like one super cricketer. Smith Warncroft. Smorncroft. Smorncroft. Coming out onto the field here, it's Swarncroft. Swarncroft. And he uh, has uh, quite a few limbs. He is not looking good. Coming out of the field is the shambling, horrific <laughs> visage of Swarncroft. All of the children <laughs> in the crowd are weeping openly. The women are throwing up into their hats. It's a sad sight here today, folks. But you can't deny his power. <laughs> you can't you know? deny that there's a lot of strength in his uncountable arms. Mm, mm, that ungodly strength. Uh, so there you go, folks. That is that is your update on Ball Watch. And so that brings us to our next brand new and never heard of before segment. Um, there has been there has been scandal right in Ben and Theo's backyard. Not their literal backyards. No, one um, yard over um, the yeah, neighbor uh, who's. Um, I don't think Ben even has a backyard. Well, I, I bloody will in a few bloody weeks. Won't I? Yeah, yeah. Ben got a new house, folks. Cheers to Ben. Thank you. I'm very excited. Mm. I haven't lived in like a house uh, for, I don't know, fuck knows, maybe like eight years I've been in apartments. So pretty Mm. exciting stuff. There's a little chicken coop in the backyard. Oh, you can put all your bush turkeys in there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll bring one with us. Collect them up and take them with you. You Um, can take the baby one that was uh, freely roaming through your apartment when I visited last. uh, Little Conan, yes. Hmm. Uh, and congratulations, of course, to uh, second of three wives of the show, George. Oh, jeez. Oh. Ecstatic, I assume. Oh, that's very good. That's very good. Uh, we love you, George. Kisses. Uh, so, so as we, were, as we were saying, crime. Crime and scandal and corruption in the disgusting city of Brisbane. Was it in Brisbane? Uh, no, it was in Logan. Logan. Uh, the beautiful city of Logan. Uh, where I was this morning, in fact. Wonderful mm. city, wonderful town. Uh, so, we bring you the very brand new and never heard of before segment. Boat Watch! <laughs> right, folks. Scandal and corruption in the bad city of Logan. Uh, now, this is an interesting story, um, which is, you know, it's got that great flavour of local low-grade corruption that we all love so much, the mayor of Queensland town, Logan, 
uh, has refused to stand down or address allegations that he received a luxury boat from a Chinese developer. Now, sure, you might think to yourself, uh, <clears throat> taking possession of a luxury boat and then not telling anyone about it, not a great look. Perhaps we can agree. I don't know. Maybe you guys are into it. So he, he went on to uh, the ABC, national broadcaster, the ABC, to clear his name. And what followed was an interview that I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm not 100% convinced that it did clear his name. Now, for the following portion, look, I'll be real with you. I could just, I could read you the article. I could even read you the interview. Uh, that's not what I'd like to do today. What I would like today is to, to beg Ben and Theo's indulgence. And I would like them to, to act out the transcript of this interview for me. During this radio play, the first of its kind... You like that? It's a very legitimate claim. I believe we've invented the format. A radio yeah, play. Certainly. We have just, that's right, folks. Right here today on this very podcast, you are, you are hearing the invention of the radio play. In this play, our beloved Ben will be playing the part of Councillor Luke Smith. Uh, embattled, can we safely call him embattled Mayor of Logan? I believe we can, certainly. Mm. Theo will be playing the part of ABC Radio Brisbane host, Craig Zonka. And what a name that is. That is a great name, isn't it? Zonka sounds like a uh, like a sort of um, like a system of aerobics instruction from mm. the 90s, you know? <clears throat> so, folks, if you are ready to hear the very first of its kind in the history of the human race radio play, uh, then settle in. Ben and Theo, please take it away. <clears throat> Now, you're facing some serious charges here. Charges that I'm now, as I read the media, now understanding where the Triple C are coming from. As I've said, they've not told me the allegations themselves. They've chosen to tell the media instead. But then, if they're the charges, I'm not concerned because there's no guilt in my part whatsoever, and I can prove that very quickly. Well, let's talk through some of those details. Uh, from what the ABC understands, much of the charges relate to a donor of your campaign, the Chinese cable maker turned developer SKL Cables. At the centre of it is a luxury boat. Yes or no, did you receive a boat? Mate, they're before the court. I really can't answer that question, so I'm sorry. I, I can't answer the question, but it is before the court. But you say you're going to defend these allegations and you've understood what they are through the media, so why not take the opportunity to clear the air this morning? The Triple C haven't told me exactly what the allegations are, so I don't know. I've only seen what I've seen in the media, so I'm going to have to wait until it comes to the court to defend that. Well, if that's the case, it's a simple answer. Did you receive a boat? Mate, very simple answer is I'm going to have to wait till the court to come through to tell me what the allegations are. Why agree to do an interview then if you're not prepared to talk about what these allegations are that are floating in the media? You asked me last night if I, I'm prepared to do an interview. The reality is I can't speak until I know what the allegations are directly from the Triple C. All I know is what the media is reporting. What the media is reporting is incorrect. When I get the allegations from the Triple C, I'll find out directly what their concerns are. So you say the media reporting is incorrect, uh, and this is your chance to correct that record. Did you receive a boat? I've just said that. <laughs> you have no further comment to add. 
I've just said what the media is reporting is incorrect, but when I find out what the allegations are from the Triple C, which have not given me the decency to tell me, they've obviously leaked it to the media, but obviously I'm waiting on what those allegations are from Triple C themselves. So you say the media reporting is incorrect, but you're not prepared to say what is actually correct. Well, I don't know what the Triple C are alleging, so how can I say anything? <laughs> well, then respond to the media reports and correct that record. I just said that what the media are reporting are incorrect. Yeah, but you, you're not offering any evidence and you're not prepared to answer any further questions by the sounds of things. Well, by the sound of things, I'm telling you what I've seen in the media is incorrect, but I'm waiting to see what the allegations are to the court process to the Triple C. So you're not prepared to talk about whether you received a boat? <laughs> what I'm telling you is what you've seen and what I've seen in the media is incorrect, which is answering your question. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is, actually. <laughs> what I don't know is what the allegations are made against me by the Triple C. The answer to my question is a simple yes or no. Did you receive a boat? You've seen stuff in the media and I've seen stuff in the media and I'm telling you it's incorrect. So correct it. Did you receive a boat? Incorrect. It's incorrect. <laughs> well, what's incorrect about it? It's either yes, you received a boat or no, you did not receive a boat. I've told you the answer. It's incorrect what I've seen in the media. I'm waiting on what the allegations are from the Triple C, and that's the only way I can go forward, Craig, or else I'm going to misuse the process. So I'm going to wait for the court process to happen, and then we're going to go from there. So really, there's no point in doing this interview any further. Well, that's up to you. Luke Smith, thanks for your time. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> oh, Luke Smith. So I think that pretty much clears it up, folks. Yeah. Uh, well, my I belief mean... is that he took the boat. <laughs> he definitely took the boat. Uh, I, well, he, I I love this story just because, like, this is the best kind of corruption you can do. Like, it's not, you know, someone, I don't know, getting paid $250,000 to do whatever. Like, getting, yeah, to push getting bribed a, with a, a boat. Thing through, the, through the courts or whatever. It's like, oh, we're going to expedite the process on this boring thing. It's like, no, no, uh, we'll give you a boat. That's like perfect. That's like 80s business crime to me. Giving <laughs> someone a bike. People don't do that anymore. It's like, ooh, we got you this $5,000 jacuzzi. Does this sweeten the deal? It's it's very much on par with like just accepting a suitcase filled with $50,000 in cash. Isn't it? 100%. Um, so, so look, let's, let's just leave it there. Who can say? Who can say? Well, if, that's for uh, the courts to decide, obviously. <laughs> All we know is that uh, the media cannot say. Who could say if Luke Smith took a boat? Certainly not Luke Smith. Mm. Oh, dear. So, uh, so folks, we will absolutely return to this one. I feel like know. we won't, but uh, it's very sweet of you to say so. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, I, I will keep an eye on this one and let you know um, exactly when Luke Smith goes to prison. And whether he's allowed uh, to travel there by boat or not. <laughs> yes, well, they tow the boat. Uh, and thus concludes the very first and possibly final instalment of Boat Watch. Oh, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, so there we have it, folks. We are now ready to jump off into um, the, the real bulk, the real bulk of the episode, which is our beloved mailbag. Because uh, we're out of ideas, folks. We are we done are ideas. with thinking about stuff uh, it, as oh, an active it was process. So good when like, like Barnaby was rooting. Uh, oh. 
Mm. No, it's just counting down the days. Look, I've had a lot on this week. Um, I've come home and immediately just started absolutely pounding drinks. Um, And so that's why we have reached out to you, beloved listeners and patrons of the show, to do some of our thinking for us. And you came through. You came through in spades, big dirty spades full of mail. Huh. Yeah. You ever seen a spade full of mail, Ben? Uh, I have not, but I I very much sort of picture post office back rooms to function like some sort of Brazil-esque farcical Titanic representation of business and industry where just like there's burning furnaces and like sweaty shirtless men are just, well, I got distracted for a second, uh, just shoveling huge piles of mail into other huge piles of mail. There's the machine that just constantly fires off envelopes into the air. Yep, a hundred percent. It's it's shuddering and the smoke is bellowing it's out of swirling it. Swirling cloud of mail at all times. Yeah, and people have to wade through a thick floor of mail to get to the to the the big giant punch card thing. That's it. And that's how Australia Post works. Exactly. On the two or three days a week that it does work. Oh, got him. Rack him. So, folks. Let's take it away with the questions. Are you guys ready? You guys ready to really just uh, fire up the old brains and answer some questions for our dear friends out there in the world? I certainly am. We'll try. Excellent. Uh, well, look, let's let's keep close to the uh, very first topic of the show. Uh, dear wife of the show, Tal Waterhouse, um, asks... Kiss, kiss. Well, well, where would you have hidden the tampering tape? Oh, I would have hidden it um, at ankle height. So you print down, you know, you bend down, you go, oh, I got a bloody itchy ankle. going to itch my, oh, look at that. I just shaved a little bit off the ball. Oh, now I have to tie my shoes again. Mm. Mm. Uh, Theo, do you have an even better idea than that? Oh, I would have played the game honorably and with skill. Ooh. I mean, That's a pretty good answer. And avoided uh, sentenced to being uh, fed directly into a wood chipper. <laughs> Fargo style. Fargo style uh, and used to fertilize the grounds of the MCG. I assume that uh, part of you bending the rules to answer that question in a way that doesn't actually answer the question is also you bending the rules to imagine a world where you can play professional sport without fainting within the first 10 minutes. Hmm. Um, Look, the thing uh, I was most surprised by is that the the Australian uh, cricketing body also linked up with Australian tourism... Um, to pay Peter Stormare to come over and individually feed those people into that mulcher in front of cameras. And what a job he did. Oh, do you guys want to know something fucking sick? Uh, yeah. I, uh, I've i seen that, the actual wood chipper. Oh, like from Fargo. The, the, the physical one. I, when I stayed in uh, the, the beautiful town of Fargo, I like got into my hotel room and was like, oh, fuck, I should see if any of the Fargo stuff around looked up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. They got the wood, ch- wood chipper in a park somewhere here. That's fucking cool. And then looked it up and it was out my window. Like, literally, it was the park was adjacent <laughs> to where I was staying. And I looked down, it was right there. Jesus. Well, it's unbelievable to think that uh, Peter Stormare killed a man with that thing and that he received a presidential pardon for it. Mm. Hmm. Worth it, though. Wild country. Acting. Wild country. It's really method acting. That's that's true. <clears throat> Ooh, uh, folks, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to interrupt you with some breaking news right now. Yes. Uh, I just got a message in the, the pedestrian.tv group chat uh, saying that Joe Hildebrand smells. Uh, <laughs> one of my co-workers got 
uh, a message from his girlfriend that he said a screenshot of that just goes, Morning Show Man is in front of us at the shops. He goes, Carl? And she goes, No, the one you hate. Oh, Joe Hildebrand. <laughs> and she's, he says, Dak him, please. And she says, Apparently he's smelly. Hmm. Joe Hildebrand smells, everyone. Uh, devastating if true. Friend of the show, Jeremy Stibbard. Actually, I'm, I'm trying to find in here and I cannot confirm if Jeremy is a patron or not. So maybe he's just some fucking freeloader. Oof. In which Oof. case, um, look, we're going to have to wait and confirm that one. Uh, he's, he's probably a patron. Anyway, Jeremy asks, the colder weather is upon us and so comes another year where the question needs to be asked. Puffer vests, yes or no? All right, so going to take one step back. The colder weather is definitely not upon us. It's definitely um, not going to be upon Theori at all. Uh, no, not you guys living up in hell country. Or for as long as we live in this state. No, absolutely mm. not. It's still like 24 degrees at night. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, 690% humidity. Oh, uh, it is just the amount of times in the last week that I've walked outside of the car and my glasses have immediately fogged up. Uh, it is thick and it is moist and it is almost difficult to breathe. So, uh, in regards to the puffer uh, vest, I bought one last year. I've worn it probably twice. Mm -hmm. uh, and now it's uh, too hot to be alive. Yeah. yeah, I'm not even contemplating wearing long pants uh, within the next month or so. So, uh, I'm willing to extend my imagination to consider that it might be entering into colder weather for other people. But right now, that's just not the case for Theori. Uh, so, you know, majority rules. This is a democracy podcast. Um, and two out of three say no, no dice. But what well, about you, Andrew? Are you, you, are you a puffer vest man? Are you, I've seen you rock a denim jacket quite often. It's not my aesthetic, personally. I didn't um, think so. No, although um, wife of the show, my wife, Elna, <laughs> um, has, has been frankly, frothing at the mouth to get herself a puffer jacket uh, this year. So Ooh. maybe next week we can tackle uh, the question of a puffer vest with sleeves and whether that is appropriate. Um, but we live in a place where it does get cold and it's not just fucking hot and humid all the time. Oh, it's going to get nippy. Yeah. Uh, a Canberra winner, it's brisk. Very much, very much. Um, but unlike the unadulterated misery of a Melbourne winter, uh, it gets sunny. It's nice and sunny, clear, cloudless skies. Crisp, you're, you're still thinking mornings. About cool, crisp mornings. Yeah, that's yeah. see, that's yeah. that I can get behind. I don't mind yeah, that. It's some appeal. Yep. Drizzle can fuck right off. Mm, I don't want to be cold mm. and wet, folks. We we did not realize until we moved how much we were like. Yeah, it's, the weather is fucking miserable in Melbourne, isn't it? I don't know how people live in London. Oh God! At all. How could Ugh. you do that? Like basically all year through. That just sounds like fucking torture. Mm. Misery. Misery. Uh, so that's going to be a, a sound no on puffer vests from the crew here. Well, I mean, I I didn't say whether or not I like Don't them. walk it back now. Don't walk it back now. I Are you wearing I one or not? Are you wearing one or not? Uh, I mean, no. They'd look ridiculous on me, but I think that some people wear them quite well. Hmm. Friend of the show. <laughs> uh, new, new patron. Welcome. Welcome aboard. New patron. Kumpo anime liker hmm. asked the question mm -hmm. uh, where would you take Caleb Bond on a hot date? Is there a pen museum somewhere in the world? 
Probably. And if if we're going yeah. for like if we're going for anywhere, um, as opposed to you know a real place near somewhere we live, I would say the um, the American entertainment chain restaurant Medieval Times. <laughs> I feel like you'd enjoy it. You certainly <laughs> would. Yeah. Oh uh, well, apparently there's a very big pen museum in Birmingham. Uh, okay. Perhaps Alabama. There. You mean? Uh, the other one, the British Birmingham. Okay, sure. Uh, I would. I, I'm trying to think. I don't really know about the the nice spots in Adelaide, but I think he's certainly a wine bar. Yeah. Kind of guy. I'd maybe mm. see if I could find a combination wine and piano bar. I was okay. thinking a combination wine bar and like, um, botany preservation, um, archive. Mm. Somewhere uh, we can so, have uh, a little tipple and then pull out a, a dusty drawer um, full of uh, little... Just specimens. Little pressed specimens. Yeah, okay. Hmm. So there you go, folks. That is where each of us would take Caleb on a hot date. And then I'd take oh. him home. Ooh. Uh, dear, dear friend of the show, Justin Free McCulloch. He asks, uh, I've been listening to the podcast podcast like it's 1999 which talks about all the films from the year you guessed it 1999 naturally a bunch of them have aged so poorly so i've got to ask which 90s film has aged the worst in 2018 i have an answer for this if you guys would like to percolate a little yeah it's it's frankly it's a stock answer for me at this point uh for anybody roughly my age i think that the 90s film that has aged the worst um purely from the context uh, of of things that people thought were really cool, and when I watch them now, I go, Christ! Uh, it is Brandon Lee in The Crow. Oh no, fuck off! I I think I've defended The Crow before uh, on this podcast, uh, and if not, prepare for me to do it for twenty minutes starting now. <laughs> the Crow. Wait, so sorry, I missed that. Are you defending or are you putting down The Crow? I'm defending The Crow. Oh jeez, uh, here we go. Uh, it's absolutely phenomenal soundtrack. Uh, just some of the best, like that age of special effects where uh, the like superimposition they were doing the green screening and stuff looks really dodgy, but in that like really good kind of nostalgic way. The color palette is basically completely absent for the entire film. Mm-hmm. Wonderful little performance from John Polito. Uh, I can never remember his name, but the gravelly vo- voiced guy who plays the villain is just a tremendous actor. Uh, Cor- Corbin, Corbin something. He's got a real like Texan name. Um, he was also in uh, fucking Dead Man, which is a phenomenal movie. He was also uh, he was also the, a bad guy in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Is that Michael Wincott? No. Uh, no, he's got, a, he's got a very cool name. Anyway, continue on with your spirited defense and not actually the, answering the question about a, a. Oh, it is Michael Wincott. Um, actually, answering the question about a movie that has aged poorly as opposed to one that you want to um, keep defending despite its obvious um, uh, poor quality. What about uh, what about Bai Ling's stirring performance in that film? Jesus Christ! Oh yeah, that was that was weird. The uh, weird incest I like undertones the pretty of that lights. scene. Nah, you certainly know the uh, dialogue pretty well for a man that doesn't like the movie. 
That's the point I'm saying. It's a thing that everybody thought was cool and it's aged terribly. Can I go out on a limb and say I don't remember ever watching The Crow? Oh, man. You didn't hear the original song written by The Cure for The Crow? Uh, Burn? Wonderful. I think The Cure was The Crow. (laughs) Uh, Well, let me just interject here and say that... um, that uh, lover of the show, Amy, has replied to this question saying that she throws in a nomination for Ace Ventura Pet Detective Oh, and its yes. entire plot being based on transphobia. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah that hasn't gone well. Watching that last five minutes is the most incredibly painful thing. It is very, very unpleasant. Um, it is unfortunate. Yes, that did not age well. Mm. Theo, do you have a nomination? Yeah. Nice um, it's not gone well. Yeah, yeah, check this out. Um Clerks. No, Ooh. Clerks is still good. Uh, yeah. Everything else good. that he's done is garbage. Uh, well, secondary make porn. It's not bad. Uh, I still think that Clerks is good. Did you ever see Tusk? Was it Tusk? Oh, I've still not seen Tusk not or seen Red Tusk. State. Actually, those are the two that now, I need. Now, to see. Red State is fucking dynamite. Okay. I will. I will fervently defend Red State, if only because it is absolutely nothing like a Kevin Smith film for a start. Good. Um. If if you wanted to see a you know a very effective horror movie based on um, the whole Westboro Baptist Church, mm-hmm. uh, the people who who picket funerals with God hates fag signs and all that sort of stuff, all that sort of stuff, um, and it's also very interesting in that it it like massively massively changes gears like three times in the movie and just becomes like a different genre of film uh, throughout the thing. It's not plagued by any extremely Kevin Smithish writing. Uh, great performance from. Uh, oh, God damn it. What's his name? I can't remember anything tonight. The big um, Yeah, yeah. John Goodman. Great performance from John Goodman. Um, yeah, really nice setup and changing gears, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Tusk. Tusk is an interesting exercise in weird horror, weird body horror. Mm-hmm. Give it a go. Um, do not give a go to the spin-off movie that he made out of an extremely minor subplot in Tusk, uh, which is uh, two two girls in a convenience store in that film who are played by the daughters of Kevin Smith and Johnny Depp. Oh boy! Uh, they made a big 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 pile of dog shit out of that. Don't watch that one. Uh, anyway, I I think I've got my answer to this question and. Uh it comes from 1999 as well, so it's very uh, okay. Snuck spot question. on. Spot on. Uh, although that, you will have to remind yourself that people at the time did think that it was good. Uh, yep. It is a little film I like to call Boondock Saints. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People still fucking love that thing, man. I, and and people liked it like for real, not like ironically, like no. equilibrium. Oh man! Okay, I, well, I saw it when I was like fifteen or sixteen. I think my older brother was like, "Oh man, you should watch it. This is super cool." Hang uh, on, you've got a brother? I've got two brothers, bitch. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, uh, now hold on for a second, Ben. Um, were you about to say when this was recommended to you by an older older brother? Did did you think it was cool when you were fifteen or sixteen? Fuck yeah, I did. Oh man, I was obsessed <laughs> okay. with this movie. I thought yeah. it was the fucking best. I'm like, oh, look at all these great. One-liners and, uh, and all the cool two shit guns. they do. All I'm trying to say, all I'm trying to say, is that the way that you feel about Boondock Saints is very, very much the way I feel about The Crow. 
Um, it is a thing that I remember thinking was really cool, and had a great, a great aesthetic and a really cool vibe and all that sort of stuff. And I go back and watch it now and I think that the performances are terrible and it's an incredibly overwrought emo vibe and all that sort oh, of stuff. I, th- I think the difference is that uh, Boondock Saints, uh, Troy Duffy, uh, writer, director, composer for the film, uh, <laughs> he genuinely thought he was making something smart and subversive, yes. whereas everyone in The Crow knows that it's a campy goth pantomime. Everyone's well aware that the movie is trash. No one thinks that they're making anything beautiful, which is ironic because the comic that it's based on is a genuinely heartbreakingly beautiful uh, thing that was written by the guy immediately after his girlfriend or wife was killed in a car accident, I believe. Hmm. And it's just all about grief, right? The whole thing is just about his inability to deal with the fact that she's gone and it is fucking heartbreaking. And then The Crow itself is just like, this ridiculous camp fantasy but yeah boondock saints is just thinks it's way fucking smarter than it is thinks it's way funnier than it is like the fucking he cast his friend in there basically as himself because he believed that he was very funny in real life he's like hey i'm putting you in my movie and you're called the funny man and he does not a single funny thing in the entire film and i'm going to keep moving here to make sure that we answer the questions of our beloved Wives and lovers of the show. Um, I would also just like to clarify, Jeremy Stibbard, friend of the show. Uh, uh, oh. Sorry for calling you a freeloader. Yeah, we'll see you over on the uh, paid episodes, Jeremy. Yeah, see you over there. Uh, so let's see here, folks. Uh, dear lover of the show, Amy asks, uh, does patriotism inevitably work against the cause of equality? Seems yes. Like question for smart people. I don't know. Mm. 100%. I, I will agree up like personally I think um I don't know to to me to me patriotism as as an idea is too um too sort of indistinguishable from nationalism mm-hmm. um because I think there is absolutely nothing wrong with liking the place that you live I think there is nothing wrong with liking you know the the character of the country that you are from and all that sort of stuff like you will often hear people say um if if you just gently place your hand on their arm and say uh, maybe it no it is okay to say black pride not so great to say white pride <laughs> when you get into that whole thing with people and they say oh i can't be proud of where i come from i can't love the country i'm from it's like yeah absolutely you can but as soon as you um start getting super freaky nationalist about like the place that by com- complete coincidence you happen to be born uh, I, you know? I think there is something yeah there, there is something specific to it there like where oh, also you go yeah you don't love this country where you are and it's sort of this this um, stake in the ground where you kind of go well this is where we are um, and uh, to improve it is weird like you know it, it's yeah. no there's no um, there's no room in that statement to uh, to make things more equal or to champion the rights of you know downtrodden or whatever. It's purely you know uh, if you don't love it, fuck off. And it's yeah. Like- I, I should say as well, it, it's it's interesting to me that people who are I, all right. I suppose if we're talking about the sort of classical definitions of the term and and those sort of famous quotes and all that sort of stuff. Um, that to me the difference between the two is nationalism is 
blindly, you know, blind loyalty to your country and uh, and a fervent hate of anybody who expresses any form of criticism. Uh, whereas, you know, traditionally the idea is that if if you are truly patriotic and love your country, that you should not be afraid to call out when your country is doing something uh, less than great or, you know, not, not being all it can be or not not standing up to the idea of its national character and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and it kind of ignores the, the whole process of dragging a country forwards that has occurred in the several centuries that have come before us to say, well, no, this is it. We've got it. We've got it now, um, you know, and then, yep. yeah, so to, to criticize it is bad. It's the people that are criticizing and they're trying to make it better that mm. continue to drag it forward so that in 10 years' time you can put the stick in the ground there and say... No, if you complain about it now, you can fuck off. Like, it's just this continual process of not understanding um, why the place you live, you know, if it is great, why it is great, what made it great, you know, um, and just, you know, believing that mum and dad are perfect and, you know. Yeah, I think I think the, the thing that also tends to really muddy the waters here is that, uh, like I was saying, I think that, if you're talking again about those very sort of traditionalist definitions of, of patriotism being, you know, unafraid to stand up to tyrants and and uh, leaders who are doing the wrong thing and to, to criticize your own country when they're doing the wrong thing, all that sort of stuff, uh, you will find that the most nationalistic people who are the most outraged and outright rejecting of any criticism of the country that they are living in or that they are from are also the people who will constantly and most vocally describe themselves as being dedicated patriots. Uh, and that is why I think that patriotism as an idea, like I said, if that's if that's how you want to take it and express it and all that sort of stuff, in, in actually trying to advance the causes of equality in your own country and make your country what you see as a better place, that's great. Uh, describing yourself as a patriot almost inevitably makes you sound like a nationalist. Yes. Sure. Yeah, I I would say that the most conclusive argument for this is that without any doubt, every single person on the website twitter.com that has an American flag emoji or an Australian flag emoji <laughs> in their name is a massive racist. Hmm. The end. Done. We've answered it. QED. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got another one here, folks. Hmm. Let me see. Oh, we got a good one here from um oh, we got two questions from lover of the show eric mm. stacy hello eric hello eric um now eric has asked two questions the first one ben can answer for us quickly uh mm. when ben moves to his new house will he be taking the geckos with him so that nature corner can continue uh look this has been a matter of great contention between uh myself and my partner george um uh, my position is that we cannot disturb the local wildlife here and we shall be leaving them, but who knows what sort of wonderful animals we'll encounter uh, a mere 600 to 800 metres away from where I currently live uh, in the new place. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, and Eric's second question, let's be honest, we're really, we're really giving Eric the special treatment tonight. And that's what you get when you're a lover of the show. I'll yeah. give him any fucking special treatment he wants. Yeah. Uh, Eric asks... Uh, I don't think this has been asked before, and apologies if it has, but what podcasts do you listen to, if any? Uh, I, anytime anyone asks me the question, 
I will always give the same answer and I will keep doing it until every single person on the planet listens to it. Uh, everybody needs to listen to the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. It is the only good podcast. And Sorry, uh, what's, what's the podcast called? It's called Oh, uh, yeah, dude. Are you doing a, yeah, uh, you a, a who's on first? I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> Don't you fucking Abbott and Costello me on my own goddamn podcast. All right, so what is this podcast? Don't you fucking try me. Uh, so it's, it's, there's no way to describe it that makes it sound good. And I think this is a problem that I've had, but it's just, it's two dudes that have been doing a podcast since, uh, either 2006 or 2007. Ooh. Uh, and they've never had a guest on the show, except occasionally, uh, if one of them can't do it, they will get his mum to fill in. Uh, and they just talk about stuff that's in the news that isn't like news like mainstream news stuff but also isn't really weird enough that it would have gone like viral on the internet or whatever so they're just talking about slightly strange stuff that's going on in America uh, and just the quality of the show comes from the fact that they have like the most sensational rapport in the world it's just insanely fucking funny they're both two deeply strange men who are very charming and very lovable and like they've done I don't know 600, 700 episodes and I can't recommend it, a single one specifically because every single one is as good as the one before it like they're all just perfect episodes it is fucking phenomenal my goodness listen big to the uh, damn podcast pitch. everyone big pitch uh, what about you Theo? Um, to my Great shame. Um, I only really listen to um, your Kickstarter sucks. Oh yeah, that's um, a fucking good one. Even though uh, it's a very uh, Stockholm syndrome kind of uh, relationship, because they release <laughs> an episode approximately every three months, um, despite it being, um, from what I can tell, uh, one of the only things that they do. Uh, they <laughs> yes. also take money for it as well. Um, and on occasion, uh, come town. Um, I used to listen to, you know, Chapo and news ones and that sort of stuff, but, uh, that's a super shitty way to start your day. I found, uh, just riding on the bus, uh, getting, uh, extremely angry, uh, about the way that the world works, uh, and our... Uh, eventual inevitable demise, which is not far off. Um, it's a cool thing to think about in the morning, uh, which I try and avoid. Uh, and so instead I uh, listen to um, uh, a bunch of people um, saying horrible things that I'm ashamed to actually uh, listen to. But you endorse them all. Got it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Who's, who's ready for a few minutes of me rattling off all of my recommendations? Guys, uh, what's the next question? Before you do, can I just... Uh Slip in one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, free to a good home. Uh, and not just because I was on it the other week. Uh, it's just a very good podcast hosted by two two Sydney comedians, Ben Jenkins and Michael Hing. They so read. it doesn't cost anything. Um, but what's it called? Uh, that one, bit, that's a fucking stretch. <laughs> uh, they just read like weird gum tree ads and classifieds and stuff and they're both extraordinarily smart uh funny people and it's uh, it's very good uh well uh, i too listen to chapo trap house if you would like to dig back through our own archives you can find um several episodes 
where Chapo Trap House's Matt Christman appears with us. Um, also with your Kickstarter Sucks, which I listened to um, both the free and premium episodes of. Um, Jesse Farrar appeared on our show as well. You can go back and find that one if you are a newer listener. Uh, I also like Fights Gone By with Jack Slack if you are into um, mixed martial arts and that sort of stuff. He is a fantastic analyst, um, all that kind of thing. Uh, he's very good. I, I think I'm going to subscribe to his Patreon. I'm going to become one of Jack Slack's Patreon boys and start listening to his actual lectures because I'm that into it. Uh, of course, I listen to dear friend of the show, uh, Trevor Strunk's No Cartridge Audio which if you are into uh, both video games and socialism, you should absolutely check out. Yeah, it's a great one. He produces a great depth of content. I really insist that Theo go on that show. Hurry oh, the fuck look, up I've, I've please been, appear on that show. I, I message him um, and he messages me like once every uh, couple of months to be, hey, when, you know, uh, when I'm not being totally steamrolled by... Uh, all of the stupid things I've uh, signed up for in my life, um, I'd love to come on. And we agree to do it and then uh, forget about it immediately. Great stuff. Uh, so, um, Trev also appeared on our show. You can dig back through the archives and find a couple of episodes of that. Yeah, they're good um, I also appeared on Trev's show. Um, not to not talk such about, a good ep. Yeah, or terrible <laughs> stuff. Um, Sorry. It's an uncharacteristically well. snide remark there from Theo. I mm. thought I'd just dip my toe into the pool of meanness. You so, hate oh, being mean. It's a bit spicy. You mm. really do not enjoy it. Yeah. And coming from a man who apparently, across the span of like six months, cannot organize to give an hour of his time to Trevor. Um, cannot. Yeah. Friends, please, it. let's not be yeah. overcome by sort of <laughs> negative roasting. This is a positive podcast. We're to- anyway, anyway, we love Trevor. Um, we do want to get him back on the show, but I really insist that if you if you are interested in either of those topics, please go over and listen to him. Um, he's got a really great show, produces tons of content. Uh, I've also been listening lately to a podcast called Sleezoids, um, which is a couple of guys, uh, Josh Lucas and Jamie Miller, um, who you can find on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and basically every... Uh, ben, I don't know why you aren't listening to this podcast. I'm, um, I'm very busy. So every episode they do like a, a double bill of uh, like old grindhouse and genre movies. Um, so, you know, they'll do a pairing like Dirty Harry and Raw Deal or um, oh, they did one recently that was uh, Death Wish 1, 2, 3 and the recent remake. Uh, oh. Scanners and Videodrome. They just did First Blood and Rolling Thunder. Um, I just signed up for their Patreon because I was running out of their episodes and wanted some new ones. Highly recommend that. Oh, hey, look at this. Uh, episode four, Long Weekend and Razorback featuring Andrew from Bunta Vista. Oh, oh what yeah. the heck? Yeah, it sounds uh, good. I have insisted that they reach out to you, Ben, and, um, and get you on there because I think it would suit you to a T. I love films. Uh, if you are into professional wrestling, uh, I would recommend that you check out WrestleSplania. Oh, featuring, yeah. My, featuring my dear, dear friend Rachel. Yeah. Dear friends of the show are Kath Barbadoro and Rachel Millman. Um, so, Kath is a longtime fan of professional wrestling, and uh, Rachel is a brand new fan of professional wrestling. And basically, you get to listen along as Rachel has all of it explained to her. Uh, good show. Great fun. Uh, you, you too can learn along about professional wrestling. 
I also highly recommend episode one. Oh man, I was just about to say that if you didn't say it. I'm looking at it yeah, right now, my right. iTunes. And I would recommend starting from the start because the universe they build up is a thick a thick world mm. of references and callbacks. Uh, an orc it. wearing an, boot, an cut boot cut jeans. Yes. <laughs> the funniest so, fucking mental image in the world. So please, please let me just explain the concept of this show for a second. It is called Episode One, and the conceit is that every episode of the show is the first episode of a podcast that never went on to make any more episodes. Um, they basically come up with a concept for a podcast and the characters of the strange people who are recording it. So there'll be things like, you know, two pickup artists recording a podcast about how to pick up girls. They'll have uh, an episode that is like two YouTube influencers running a conference. They'll have like a, a guy who runs a comic book site interviewing a famous anime creator. Like the... I'm, yeah, the I'm anime genuinely stunned by really it. Good. I'm genuinely stunned by it because as far as I can tell, it's just something that two funny guys thought of and started doing it. Um, episode one, fantastic stuff. Um, incredibly funny guys. As far as I can tell, uh, they just improv all of the shit, which makes me incredibly angry to think about uh, how much talent they have. Um, and they barely seem to be trying. Makes me furious. Yeah, there's a lot. Oh, but I'll, I will chuck in one more. Um, Home of the Brave uh, is a very strange one, uh, very intermittently updated. Uh, it's by this, it's just one man, his name's Scott Carrier, who's done a lot of work here and there for uh, Radiolab and This American Life. And Home of the Brave is basically started off as a place where he could put the stories that got rejected by... This American Life or Radiolab. Huh. Um, and now he's sort of like Patreon funding doing other stories and stuff. But it's basically like he's a journalist, sort of. He's a radio journalist or whatever. And a lot of it is him just driving around America, going to where things are happening and just talking to people. He talks to a lot of Trump supporters, talks to a lot of whatever. But he's like a massive leftist and he's really not got any qualms about when he's like, talking to Second Second Amendment dudes that have, like, rocked up to a protest or whatever, and he's like, I think it's really fucked up that you brought all these guns here. And they're like, why? And he's like, it's fucking terrifying. Why are you doing this, you fucking weirdos? <laughs> it's great. He's very, very funny, very sad, possibly mentally ill in the way that we all are kind of man. Uh, not me. does Well, not you. But, yeah, it does these absolutely <laughs> phenomenal stories. I, I found his podcast because he did... He got invited to speak at... Uh, the music festival in Tassie, uh, Panama. And he just basically sat there with a laptop and he's like, I don't really know what they want me to do, but I wanted to come to Australia, so I said yes. So here's a bunch of my stories. I'll talk about them, then I'll play them. And he played one uh, where he uh, dropped acid and went to a Trump rally. Uh, and just sort of, it's Christ. him like cataloging the like revulsion that he felt and then getting swept up in the euphoria of all these horrible people around him it's uh oh yeah home of the brave very engaging uh mm. some of the stuff is fucking heartbreakingly sad some of it's really beautiful he's been doing a series lately on um trump has made well the trump administration has made massive reductions in the the size and the protections of the bears ears national monument in utah and he's sort of like talking to conservationists and uh, first peoples from the area and 
Yeah, it's really fucking good. Check out Home of the Brave. So there's a whole bunch of podcasts that we listen to. Folks, we got a couple of minutes left to just breeze through a few of these. Let's try and keep them real short. Wife of the show, David King, says, uh, is Boniver what you call your second son, the brother of Bonathan? The answer is yes. Yep. Agreed. Friend of the show, Lucas Miller, asks, will there ever be a meme page slash Facebook group that does not eventually descend into racism? No. The answer is no. That one's simple. Nope. Absolutely not. Uh, I, Absolutely I believe not. I, I, I met young Lucas Miller uh, oh. just last weekend. Uh, I mean, I met a Lucas who listens to the podcast, and I'm, I'm relatively certain that's who it is. I'm just double-checking now. If that is you, know. shout out. And also, if it's not you, shout out to you, the second Lucas. The other Lucas. Uh, but uh, if it is that Lucas, and you are listening, uh, it, it was lovely to meet you. Thank you for coming up and saying hi. That was that was real nice. Yeah. Uh, and look, we'll we'll jam one more in there. Ooh, ooh, ooh. All right, one more. Um, friend of the show, average gamer, brand new patron. Mwah, mwah, nice to meet you. Uh, when Turnbull. Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull loses his 30th news poll, will it still be, I'm a better Prime Minister, or will he have a mental breakdown like he did when he was asked about the 29th news poll? I'm going for mental breakdown. Oh, he, he loves to melt down. It's fucking great, isn't it, when he does. Oh, I love it when the, the you know, self, self-assessed self smartest guy in the room um, is getting the vibe that nobody believes he's the smartest guy in the room. It's really good. And also, no one personally likes him as well, which is fun. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a rare thing to be so disliked from absolutely every side of politics. Do you remember when he got in, right, and there was mm. a substantial portion of the left being like, oh, I shouldn't be like this, but Malcolm is daddy. Yeah, I think um, I think that's the... I feel like that is the effect that everybody is sort of fearing will happen if, um, if like, Trump got impeached or died on the toilet or whatever is obviously <laughs> going to happen to him, um, that then Mike Pence would become the president and everybody would go, ah, sense of normalcy and decorum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, at, look at the smart man who isn't, you know, calling anybody fat or retarded or whatever. Um, and I kind of feel like that's uh, that what happened with Turnbull was like an early preview of that. He came in and everybody went, oh, he isn't Tony Abbott, the relief. Yeah, cause, because what you want um, in uh, fascism is um, competency, apparently. Yes, yeah, that's you, you want somebody you want who a, can actually... A cloaked and skillful fascist. For sure. Mm. Uh, all right, we, we do have several other questions, but we have run out of time. We're going to take those over to this week's bonus episode because uh, you guys are beautiful beautiful wives and friends and lovers of the show, which means you'll hear them. You'll hear the answers, you know? Uh, so, you know, if you if you want to give us a, a rating on the old iTunes store, the old podcast app or whatever the fuck it is you use, five stars, five stars, five stars. I'm not trying to just like subliminally drum that in your brain. Five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars. I, I don't think that counts as subliminal by, by any measure. <laughs> Well, five stars. If, you know, if somebody just hears five stars, the same thing over and over again, five stars. Maybe maybe it'll just five stars. Get lodged in there, five stars. Uh, so if you would like to five stars, give us a review, five stars. Five stars, five stars. Why not? Why not pop over there and do it? 
And of course, feel free to give us anything one to one to th- five stars. Yeah, anything in between. Ben, five stars. <laughs> five stars only. Um, if you do have a one star review, I would prefer that you write to me personally with your problem. Uh, you can send me an email at illy at buntavista.com. You can contact us via Twitter and I will personally take you to task for your insolence, for your disrespect. Anyway, uh, you can also subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Vista if you would like uh, twice as many episodes per week, if you would like to become a friend of the show or even a lover, perhaps even a wife of Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a 100% increase. Yeah. Uh, look, if you want to go, if you want to dip right down in the other direction, I have added a new tier, Acquaintance of the Show, which is $1 or more. Uh, from that, you get absolutely nothing but the feeling that you are contributing a, a completely nominal and arbitrary amount to our staggering success. Uh, so far, we have zero acquaintances of the show. <laughs> mm. oh, uh, I believe the way I've described it. decides it's worthwhile to be friends. Yeah, that's true. That's I've great value. <laughs> it's great value to give us money and re- receive absolutely nothing in return. Uh, so you can do that. And of course, do not forget that recently we have added merchandise. Merchandise. You can get yourself a nice shirt, perhaps a mug to drink out of at work. People could say, what's that all about? And you can get kind of embarrassed and just mumble under your breath. And it's a podcast that I listen to. Um, and none of them have my face on them. Not we can yet. change that, Theo. We can change that. We're going to get a, a Branson Reese illustration of you looking uneasy. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. I mean, basically yes. anything. Any number of things could plausibly be making you uneasy. Yep. Um, and look, we're going to be totally real with you, folks. Uh, we, we hit a Patreon goal and we added merchandise because that was a Patreon goal. And I was thoroughly convinced that I would do a whole bunch of work and put that up and that maybe we would like sell a badge and that would be the end of it. Um, but a whole bunch of beautiful supporters of the show bought t-shirts, they bought uh, sweet, sweet stubby holders, uh, some badges, stickers, all that kind of thing. Uh, so if you too would like to partake in uh, sipping from the merchandise fountain, you can get over to buntavista.com forward slash merchandise. And that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, ben, would you like to give us one of your signature sunny, wonderful uh, notes to leave on. Oh, yeah. Um, give one of your parents a call. Uh, or both. Or neither. Just think of someone that's important to you you haven't spoken to in a little while. Just reach out. You know what? It's People talk a lot of shit about making phone calls. Millennials, we hate phone calls. All that nonsense. It's a really good way to convey information. Uh, you can hear tone and intent in people's voices. It's much faster than typing. Just lie down jump on the phone and uh, make a quick call. It's pretty straightforward. Yep. You should have a chat to your mum or that auntie that you like. You yeah. Know? Go ahead. Call your grandparents. When was the last time you did that? Yeah. There we have it, folks. Take one of uh, one of Dr. Ben's advice pills. <laughs> Treat yourself to a little... I wish you wouldn't call that. A little bit of self-care, a little spiritual enrichment. You know. And we will see uh, our wonderful subscribers over on the bonus episodes and everybody else... The rest of you scum, the dregs. We'll see you in hell. Freeloaders. We'll see you in hell, uh, which is what we call next week's free episode. See you later, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. 
Look, Theo's just muted. He's not even going to say goodbye. Oh, he's, Unbelievable. He's dead. He I, died. I did say it very quietly. I forgot I was muted. <laughs> it's terrible. He whispered terrible goodbye into a microphone that wasn't turned on. Unbelievable. Unbelievable.